center of it all. So Father, as we gather this morning, may we give our all to you as we praise and worship you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. If you can hear me, can you put your hand in the air if you can hear me? A couple of us can hear me? That's good. Hope everyone's doing well this morning. We were just praying this morning before the service, and I felt this overwhelming anticipation that we're going to have a good time this morning and the Lord will be here. Um, and I declared that in, in that prayer that we will, we will, we're just going to show God this morning um, our love for Him through our worship, our overflow. So can I encourage you this morning, no holding back this morning, let's just pour out our love and pour out on our, uh, our praise on God because He is worthy, yeah? Awesome. Call your name. I call your name. You answered. You are the author of my life. I hide in you, my shelter, creator of the earth and skies. Holy is He. Worthy is He to sing Yahweh. Yahweh, how great is Your name, Your name. Yahweh, sing praises to Your name, Your name. Yahweh, name above all names. You are the Lord. You are the Lord Almighty. You sent your one and only Son to show your grace and mercy, to show your never-ending love. Holy is He. Worthy is He. hearts this morning, why don't you just close your eyes. If you feel uncomfortable pouring out your praise, why don't you lift your hand. 
tell God in our hearts this morning just how much we love Him. Oh, we love you. We sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're singing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. We're singing hallelujah. Singing hallelujah, we declare we're singing hallelujah, we're singing hallelujah, Yahweh, how great is your name. you put your hands together let's praise the Lord Lord we give you the praise this morning thank you God we declare this morning that you are the name above all names what a privilege it is to come into this place and to lift you high above all else above everything else that is going on in our lives today we lift you high Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence with us right now. Thank you, God. I ask that you would meet every person right where they're at this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. You may be seated. That was beautiful. Don't you just love the boy band? Yeah, let's give it up for the boy band. Lovely. Get to come to church and have a boy band. Fantastic. Well, a special welcome to you all this morning. And if you're here with us for the first time, we'd love to give you a special welcome. It's great to have you with us. We've got a gift bag for you in the foyer. So if you would like to pick that up, on your way out after the service, they're on your right. Uh, we'd love you to grab a bag, and if you feel like a cuppa, 
we do have the baristas operating in the crossover cafe so there is a complimentary coffee card or hot chocolate if you prefer in your gift bag so so grab one of those pull out your gift card and we'd love you to fill it in also you can fill in your details and we can get to know you a little bit more as well that would be great enjoy the service with us this morning well let's celebrate the birthdays and anniversaries Lance would you like to come and join me here with the chocolates has anyone had a birthday or an anniversary this past week would you come come down and join me was it a wedding anniversary there how many years is it a birthday happy birthday how many years sorry 42 wow isn't that fantastic awesome we got everyone I know some people don't yeah a little shy don't quite like to come but maybe you can come and sneak your chocolate after is that all right or not <laughs> you have to come up <laughs> well let's pray church how about you stand with me let's pray for our family Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Well, a couple of things to draw your attention to. We have got a combined service happening next Sunday. You would have received your newsletter. It doesn't say combined service, so lodge that in your mind today. I pray that people will read their e-news as well this week. It is a combined service next Sunday. So what time is our service next Sunday morning? 10 a.m. Is it up on the screen there, is it? Look at that. What is it? What's the day? Ooh. Ooh, a little reminder there to go go shopping for the dads. Father's Day, yes, we are going to have a sausage sizzle. I do believe that the kids are going to get busy with that, hopefully with some great supervision. (laughs) We're going to have a sausage sizzle afterwards, so don't go and plan great big lunch do's afterwards because we're going to have a saucy, so we won't need too much for lunch, will we? So that's going to be great. 10 a.m. next Sunday morning, Father's Day. It's going to be a great service. Also, Sheridan is away at the moment. (laughs) He is in Dublin at the moment. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, he's he's actually just arrived in Dublin. He's been in London at the Axe Europe Conference in London, and he's uh, going to be speaking... He's going to bed on Saturday night. He's going to wake up and he will speak in um, their services in the um, Apostolic Church in Dublin with Pastor Patrick Fitzgerald. <laughs> and, and yeah, he's actually, he was, this Pastor Patrick, he was in the Commitments, I think it is, the band, many years, many years back. He was radically saved, came into relationship with Jesus and here he is pastoring a church um, in Dublin, and Sheridan's going to be speaking there. And then he's going on to uh, America after that. He's going to uh, Pastor Sonny Missa. You remember Pastor Sonny we had with us? He's going there, and then he's going to Philadelphia after that with uh, Pastor Phil Underwood. 
who used to pastor this church um, a number of years ago. Yes. And Maureen knows that well. So we're actually going to pray for Maureen this morning. How about you come out um, and join me, Maureen? Maureen knows that Pastor Phil pastored this church because she she arrived um, into what was then Hamilton Apostolic Church back in some year in the in the eighties when Pastor Phil Underwood was pastor in the church. And it was around about 27, 28 years ago, we figured. I was a teenager there. Oh, Youth group was... Which one? Brett. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, so Maureen has been here many, many years. And this is her last Sunday with us. I do pray that she's going to come back and visit. Maureen and her husband Bill are going to be shifting to Omokuroa this week. They've built a beautiful home there and are going to be settling down there. So, wow, many years. And she has been so incredibly faithful, been here praying, praying, praying for you, for the church. She's been here on the... On the um, the majority of Sunday mornings at 8.30 when we pray together um, for the services as well. And yeah, amazing, amazing woman. For years it was just Nairi and I and the minister. Good old Nairi and Maureen. <laughs> Valuable, huh? So if you want to come up and join me, let's pray for Maureen. Let's bless her. Um, and we do have a little something there for Maureen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Maureen has been one of our main prayer warriors in this church for as long as I can remember. And one day we were talking about how, um, how long does a prayer last? And we got in touch with the Mians. And Irene said, forever. And here's the scripture. It's in Revelation 4, Maureen. All the prayers that you've prayed into this place. And it says in chapter 5 verse 8 when he had taken the scroll the four living creatures and the 24 elders prostrated themselves before the lamb each was holding a harp and they had a gold, they had golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people the saints so all of the prayers that you've prayed into this place are still effective and they're still before the throne of God isn't that incredible we think sometimes we're not doing a lot but God, they're still there, and one day He's going to pour them out. Okay. Father God, I thank you that you have a plan for each one of us. And Lord, quite often we feel insignificant, but there is nothing insignificant in you and in your call on our lives. And I thank this for this. I thank you, Lord, for this little woman who is a giant in your eyes. Lord, I thank you for her faithfulness. I thank you that there have been seeds sown in this place. There have been seeds watered in this place over many years because of Maureen's faithfulness in doing just what you've asked her to do. And so, Lord, we, we will miss her. But, Lord, we know that this isn't the end of our story. And uh, as she goes, you go with her 
and you've got another whole field ahead of her. And so, Father, I just pray that you'd open up doorways for Maureen there. I pray that you would open up relationships for her. And I pray that this season that she walks into will be just the best ever. So we pray your blessing on her and Bill. And Lord, we just cry out to you for his salvation. Lord, I pray that in this journey, you would place someone across his pathway that he will listen to and respond to. And I just thank you, Lord, for this gold heart that stands before us. And we release her with our blessing as well. Mm. Um, This wasn't what I had planned to do, but I just feel to honour Maureen. I don't know if you know, but Maureen and I lived in the same street for quite some years. So it's been quite significant. And my children still say, oh, that's Maureen's house. And Maureen's house was a safe place for my children to go to when I had too many children to walk back and forth to the school. They could go to Maureen's house. They never needed to go, but it was there if they needed to go. And I just think, you know, we say when someone leaves that they've got big shoes to fill. Well, Maureen hasn't got big shoes, but, but I just fear to say to Maureen that, you know, that Omokara better watch out, really. <laughs> they don't know what they're getting, you know. So, Father, we give you thanks for Maureen. We thank you for her amazing contribution, her faithfulness, her loyalty. Lord, to you and to this place. And, Father, we release her with our blessing. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may his peace rest on you and Bill both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Faithful woman, I declare his faithfulness upon you, Maureen. Mm. Well, Sally, Sally has got a testimony for us this morning about expressing God's goodness in her community. Let's give Sally a hand. Hi. I meet uh, once a fortnight with a group of ladies in one evening, and uh, a couple of us are Christians, um, but about two years ago, one of the ladies was um, getting really sick. She was coughing a lot, and it wasn't clearing, and she had to go through a series of tests, and uh, over that time, she wasn't able to come, and I just uh, felt on my heart to buy a bangle for her, and on the bangle was a scripture. I can't remember the scripture um, because I've bought a few of the bangles for people, but when I took it to her, she said to me she'd just become a Christian that week. And it's been two years now that I've been journeying with her and it's been a privilege to talk with her about what life's going to be like in heaven, the regrets that she's had because it's only been two years that she's really known the Lord. And uh, this week will probably be her last few days on this earth. But it's not about the time that I gave her. It's about the little voice in my head that was God telling me what to do. 
And that's what we have to listen to. We have to listen to the, that voice and, and the actions um, will just bring people to know him and uh, you'll be blessed because I know um, I've been blessed by knowing her and the time I've spent with her has helped me to grow in what I believe and what I think and the stories we've shared. So, um, yeah, just think of her this week. Thank you, Zoe. Um, we need to listen to those promptings, don't we? God, I pray that you would be with her right now. Thank you, God, for your incredible peace, your amazing love surrounding her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Grant's going to read us a psalm this morning. Thank you, Grant. Today we're reading uh, Psalm 27, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come, He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifice with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So let's just uh, take a, a small time and reflect on those words. Thank you.
thank you, Lord, that we live in a country where it's so free to to come before you and worship you corporately together, Lord. Uh, freedom from persecution and things like that, Lord. We don't take it for granted, Lord. Thank you for your word. Bless you, sweet voice for his whisper. Your love so deep 
it's washing over me your face is all i see you are my everything jesus christ you are my one desire lord hear my only cry to know you Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing my hope. My hope is built on nothing less. And Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest friend But wholly trust in Jesus' name so Christ alone Christ alone Cornerstone 
Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the something powerful about declaring that He is Lord of all above everything that is going on in our world, Uh, that He is Lord of all. There is something incredibly powerful as we declare that, no matter how we're feeling, that we are the weak that will be made strong through our Saviour's love, that He is Lord of all. So let's declare that together over our own life, over the life of we know somebody that needs it. Let's declare that, that He is Lord of all. Thank you, God. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord
thank You that we can look to You. That You never leave us or forsake us. And we thank You, God, that You are Lord above all things. And God, I declare that over our circumstances today. I declare that over lives today. I declare that over our people that are needing health today, that You are Lord of all. And I declare Your goodness. I declare Your might, Your strength in our situation. In Jesus' Name. Thank You, God, that You are Lord of all. Thank You, God. Thank You that You have won the victory. We declare that in this place, in our lives today, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Man, sometimes we just need to tell ourselves, don't we? Speak it out like David did. I will bless the Lord, O my soul. I will, I will. Yes and amen. Well, we have got the fantastic and amazing Pastor Rex Meehan coming to share this morning. He was here before Maureen even. Yes. Come and gone in between. But when were you first here? Please share. What year? Can you when, remember? When were you first here in this church? Uh, I came up from, Ham- from Wellington to get married in 1960. But Irene had been here several years beforehand because she did her nursing training at the Waikato Youth Hospital. Yeah. So she's been Amazing. in the church for what? Uh, um, f- 58 years or something Woo-hoo! like that. <laughs> yeah, give them a hand. <laughs> Yes, fabulous. You know, this is, this is a lovely service that we're enjoying this morning, isn't it? The lovely um, engagement that we've had with one another and the blessing that we have. And do you remember how we... Oh, I'm getting an awful echo here. Matt, is, is it okay? Um, we, every Sunday morning we celebrate anniversaries and we invoke a blessing upon the people. Can you remember some of the things that we say to them? The final phrase is this. Activate your love and goodness in the name of Jesus. Activating love and goodness. We are involved in activation. And the first talk I gave this year was about activating our love. Then last time I spoke about activating goodness. You might remember that. And I uh, provoked you to love and goodness. Remember the scripture in... in, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider how to stir one another up. Or let us consider how we can provoke one another to love and goodness. Hallelujah. Well, last time I talked about provoking to goodness. Today I want to talk about provoking to love and activating love in our lives. Last last time I talked about a series of scenarios that if there's a needy person in our world, then we have a job to do. And on the uh, PowerPoint, you can see a whole list of things that I provoked us to do. You see, good works and love go together. Good works and love go together. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, the scripture reads, But if anyone has the world's goods and see his brother in need yet closes his heart against him. How does the love of God abide in him? 
Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So we need to see that love and works go together. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, the love chapter. Again, it says here that it's no point in trying to do any good works unless you've got some love in your heart for them. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. I speak in tongues of men of and angels, and if I do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. You know, I might do wonderful good deeds and help the poor, and the poor are blessed. People are helped, but it doesn't profit me anything at all. Love and good works go together. And there's a variety of ways that we can experience love. You know, there's different kinds of love. Some people say, I love chocolate ice cream. Others say, I love parachute jumping. Or we could say, I love mum. All different kinds of love. And in the Bible, in the language, well, I love, yeah, I love. I've got to tell you this. There was a father and a son who were watching television, and on came a commercial, and it was advertising hair product for men. And it was showing two twin brothers dry, involved in a speedboat racing, racing across the water. And the camera comes in onto the first twin who's driving the boat and his hair is tousled all over the place. Uh, he's obviously not using the hair product. Then the camera zooms in to the other twin who's sitting at the back with his hair beautifully groomed and he's kissing a girl. <laughs> and the boy watching the commercial turns up to Dad and he says, you know something, Dad? You'll never catch me putting that stuff in my hair. Why? Well, who wants to kiss a girl when you can drive? <laughs> All depends what you love, isn't it? <laughs> what do you love? There's different kinds of love. And in the Greek language, they had four different words for love. There was the word eros, which is the love, the love of passion. It's the physical kind of love, sensuous physical, passionate love. And that word is actually not used in the New Testament. The next word is splankna. Splankna, it's the affection and tenderness of heart. It's the kind of love that describes a parent's love for a child or a preschool teacher for its kids or, or a, a, a coach for a school rugby team. That kind of affection. The next word is... Phileo, it's the love of companions, brotherly love. It's the kind of the camaraderie that, that you see in a rugby sports team, the mates together. Uh, phileo. Phileo and another Greek word, Adelphos, combined together for the uh, American city. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Now, we experience all these forms of love in our lives. And usually, the love is because there's something attractive in the other person. That we, it's 
something that's appealing, and we see some value or some worth in them, and we love them for what we see there. And sometimes uh, it can become selfish because of what we can get out of that love, and we uh, evaluate how useful or important that person is by what we can get out of being related to and in loving that person. But there's another word that's used for love in the Greek language, and it's the, it happens to be the word that the Bible uses for describing God's kind of love. It's the word agape. It's the love that prizes. And it has an added dimension because it doesn't depend on the worth or the value of the one being loved. It's unconditional love that's generated from within. It's all coming from within them. And it's illustrated in the, in the love that parents will have for a, a disadvantage, for a crippled or a deformed child, where there's nothing really attractive or appealing about the loved object, but they have this love. It rises up within them. There's self-sacrifice and, and compassion and a loving kindness that comes up. It springs up from who we are, and it's not dependent on the appeal or the attractiveness of the loved one. And God has given to each one of us that agape capacity for love. Because that's the quality of love that he wants us to love him with. A love that is totally abandoned, wholehearted. And God wants to establish a relationship with us in that kind of loving, loving relationship. Wholehearted and embracing him totally and prizing him. And we should love God. We should love God because that's what God has asked us to do when he brought his people out of Egypt and assembled them at, uh, at Mount Sinai and began to give them instructions for the new relationship he wanted to have with his people. The first thing God says, love me, prize me, abandon yourself to me, trust me, let's build this relationship with us together. And don't love other things, otherwise they'll become idols in your lives. And it wasn't an unreasonable, impossible demand, because God had placed that quality of love in human beings to be able to love in that way. But unfortunately, it's become corrupted, of course, and God is looking for that relationship with us this morning. Uh, he wants it, because he's given us the ability to give it. He wants us to prize him above all things regardless of what's going on. And I had an experience where I learned that kind of love. Here in Hamilton, last millennium when we got married, in my early 20s, I had a period of 18 months sickness where I, I couldn't cough, sneeze or laugh without incredible pain going through my chest. Went through all the tests, the doctors in the end said, well, we'll have to open up to find what's wrong with your Rex. And you know, I was able to produce temperatures and all of that sort of thing, but they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. I, I couldn't bike up hills. I had to walk slowly. Uh, it was a terrible time. But I remember going through that prolonged period, reading all the books I could about healing, reading the testimonies, getting everybody to pray for me, and wrestling with God over the whole thing until I remember on one occasion lying back in my bed one morning and saying, like the words of Job, God, God, even though I don't get healed, though you slay me, yet will I love you. 
I will love you, God. I won't love you just because of what you can do for me or what I can get from me. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I sensed his pleasure in my response to him in that way. God loved me. Hallelujah. So my love was no longer based on what he could do. No longer based on what I could receive or what he could give to me. How can we activate love, this kind of love in our lives? Well, it's not sufficient to have a sense of obligation where God says, you've got to love me. And we can't just try and work for it. We can't earn it. Uh, we can't teach it. How can we get this kind of love in our lives? Well, it comes as a relationship. I remember just recently we had a campus chapel at ATC and Pastor Trevor Wilson was giving his final talk to the students and he was on fire. And he had words of knowledge and we had the Ultimates group there and uh, with Ben Lummis and, and, and several of them came forward for prayer. And uh, I went to one of the girls and I said, uh, how can I pray for you? And she said, I want more love. I said, can you feel the love here? She said, yes, I can. You can feel God's presence here. Yes, I can. Well, wouldn't it be good if you could get God's love inside of you? And then you'd always have his love with you. So we chatted for a while and I prayed with her and led her to the Lord. And it was wonderful. That's the way to get the love of God. Get it inside of you. And of course, when we first become Christians, our, our response is one of gratitude and appreciation. Thank you, Lord, for the relief. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you, Father in heaven, for guidance and your help and restored relationships. I'm grateful for that. And our first response is one of thankfulness and praise for what is done. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. But God wants us to grow out of that. Many people just stay at the phase of gratitude and praise. But God wants us to grow through to a place where we relate with him as a person, get to know him, connection, relationship, and worship him. And worship him. That's what God wants for us. I'm going to hold this thing because every time I leave it on, the, it just goes blank on me. <laughs> so, we come to God and we want to get to love him. But that takes time. It takes time to get to know somebody, doesn't it? You think, how, how, how long do I need to get to know God and walk with God before I can really love him? That's impossible. Well, I've got some good news for you. You don't have to wait to have a lot of experience with God. You don't have to be a Christian for a long time before you can have, uh, have a love for God. Because the scripture says here in Romans chapter 5 verse 5, God has given us the Holy Spirit who fills our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit within us knows God. He loves him completely. And, and, and God helps by reviving the agape quality of life in us, uh, agape love within us, so that we can begin to express it and, re, and, and, and say to God, I love you, I love you. So the Holy Spirit and, and the Father and, and Jesus have this continuous uh, 
mutual admiration society going on where the father is saying, I love you, son. I love you, Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. And that dynamic is occurring all the time, 24-7. And there's a triunity of love, and we as human beings are being caught up as a, as a fourth party to this triunity of, of eternal, perfect, wonderful, loving relationship. And we're, we're there. Hallelujah. And there's a 24-hour-a-day worship service going on inside of us. Isn't that marvelous? Whatever happens, just because, just because the Holy Spirit comes inside of me, he doesn't stop loving the Father. He doesn't stop loving the Holy Spirit. He carries on regardless. He doesn't say, oh, Rex has gone off to this pornographic movie and I'm going to wait outside in the foyer until he comes back again. No, he doesn't say that. He goes in with me and he feels yuck while he's watching that stuff with me. And I feel yuck too because I'm, I'm broken my communion. But it doesn't stop the Holy Spirit saying, I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. Need to resolve those issues where I've failed, where I've had brokenness and addictions and catch the stream of love again that's going on in my spirit. You know, I might be stressing out with all sorts of things and preoccupied and depressed, but the Holy Spirit inside of me is saying, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. And if I can work through my humanity and work through my disappointments and, and, and my sinfulness, then I can again connect with God. There's a, it, it's like waves. Catch the wave, like a surfer. You know, the surfers go out there and they wait for the wave. And here it comes. Catch it! <laughs> Glorious! And there's the love of God, catch the wave and begin to participate with it. So one very practical way that we can activate our love is to speak it, to talk it out. Owen was reminding us about how to do that. So love is released, it's there, it's released. I can remember evangelists saying, uh, turn your faith loose. Well, we can change that and say, Turn your love loose. It's there within you. So you can no longer say, I cannot love God. You can't say that. Because the love of God is inside of you. It's active in you. You just need to release it. Some people say that, well, it's hypocrisy to say something that you don't really mean. How can you say, I love God, when you don't know whether you really understand and can mean it or not? Is it hypocrisy to say something that you'd like to happen in your life? I don't think so. It's only hypocrisy when you are saying and doing things that you don't really want, that you don't really mean. That's why Jesus scolded the Pharisees. Well, he did more than scold them. <laughs> That's why he, uh, he, he was so indignant about them, because the Pharisees were acting out a role that they didn't really want to be. They didn't want to be godly men. And they were hypocrites because they were acting out a role just to get the benefits and the, and the, and the pleasures of, of what it meant to be a religious leader. So it's not hypocritical to act and say, I love you. Do it 
it becomes an act of faith because you're saying something that you want to happen. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit takes the opportunity to be able to help us love God. Wheelbarrow. <laughs> so why don't we do that? Let's position ourselves so that he can inspire us with new expressions of, of love and adoration. I can remember talking about this a little while ago at a youth camp, and uh, one of the young men there who's since come into ministry, he, he didn't feel anything for God, and he thought that he would try and experiment, and he said, without any feeling at all, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. And because he had positioned himself and he was participating in, in faith and cooperation, the Holy Spirit seized the opportunity and soon he was saying with passion, with volume, I love you, God. I love you, God. As an act of faith. And I want us, for a moment, I'm going to pause in the middle of this talk for us to engage in an expression like that. So, why don't you start saying it? I love you, Jesus. Let a murmur of praise and of worship and adoration go across this congregation. Some of you might never have actually said it, apart from singing it. You might never have said, I love you, Jesus. Something has been a resisting there, and in the name of Jesus, we remove all resistance, everything that would block up the channel of love. So let's begin to talk to Jesus, all of us. I love you, Father. Love you with all my heart and with all my soul. Oh, Father, that I might just prostrate myself and worship before you. Gazing up into your lovely face, I worship and I love you. Come on now, put some volume to it. Let's begin to worship and praise Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Lay my life before you. How I love you. Father, I love you. Lay my life before you. How I love you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. How I love you. I lay my life before you. Worship you. Worship him in spirit and truth. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my Savior, my God, bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you as we give back our love to Jesus. It's good. Thank you. you can carry on if you like. Good. In John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, Jesus gave us a new commandment. The new commandment, which uh, was a replacement, it wasn't an additional commandment, it was a replacement commandment for all of us, taking all the Ten Commandments and wrapping them up. And he says, I give to you 
a new commandment that you love one another just as I've loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for another. It's this instruction that Jesus gave to his disciples to love one another as he loved them. And we can love other people because the Holy Spirit inside of us loves them. That's the revelation. That I'm not limited in any way to loving people because God's capacity is within me. No longer depends on our human ability or our Christian experience. We've been given the capacity to love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, Paul says, Concerning, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. The Holy Spirit inside of us gives us the urges and the desires and the promptings. We're taught, we're instructed, we're empowered by God to love one another. He lives inside of us. He wants to do it. God teaches us to love people. Now on the PowerPoint, we have a picture, a picture of a young couple in love. There, their hearts are pulsating with passion. Their, their minds are just only thinking of marriage. There they are, together, loving one another. That's easy. But then the next picture on the PowerPoint, the same young man, the same young man sees this offensive creep. His mind is full of questions. His heart, his emotions are frigid. But if he's got God's Holy Spirit inside of him, in his spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying, I love you. I love you. And those offensive people that we engage with, those people who torment us, the people that we get so angry or crushed by, the Holy Spirit inside of us loves them. And that means there's a capacity and an ability in us to love them. We don't feel that we can love someone, then, then why don't we start giving to them? And another way to activate our love is to give, you know. If we don't feel that we can love someone, then start giving to them because Jesus said that our hearts, our hearts, our feelings, our emotions will follow wherever we give our treasure. That's where our heart will go. We think, we think as human beings that our money would follow wherever our heart's desires were. Whatever I had a passion and a love for, that's where my time and my possessions, my treasures and my money would go. But Jesus said, no, it's the opposite. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Our hearts follow wherever we give our treasures. Our investments, our interests follow our investments. You know, don't have time to tell you the story, but if we want our hearts to be involved with someone or something, start giving them our treasures. Uh, husbands, if you don't feel you love your wife enough, start putting, giving to her. Giving to her, not just money, but give to her treasures, your treasures. Give her time. Give her some service. Give her some good words. Give her some time. 
give. And Jesus says, as you give, as you impart your treasures, then your heart will follow. I've got a couple of scriptures up there. Ephesians 5 verse 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then Jesus applies it to husbands later on in the chapter in Ephesians 5 verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave, gave, gave himself for us. So husbands, give up your own preferences, your own desires on occasions. Invest and give and your heart will follow. A lot of you will know the story of David Wilkerson and the organization Teen Challenge which he started, which was over 50 years ago, would you believe? It went global and we even had Teen Challenge centers here in New Zealand. It started in Brooklyn, New York, when T David Wilkerson was challenged to, to serve the young teenage drug addicts and dropouts that were there. And uh, on one occasion, David Wilkerson was visiting a Teen Challenge center and he was greeted by two two young women, part of the team, and they said, look, we've, we're, we're, we're distressed. We've, we've lost our passion for the ministry. We, we don't feel we've got love. We, 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 there's no love left in our lives. What do we do about it? And David said, well, come on outside. And he pointed to a multi-story apartment block, and he said, I want you to go to the top floor. I want you to knock on every door and offer to help. Is there anything that we can do for you? They did as he instructed. The first door that they went to, they could hear crying children inside and a distressed mother. She came out. She had a crying baby because it couldn't feed it, bitten the teat off the baby milk bottle, teated, and there's no milk. So one of the girls comforted and brought some order. The other went out and got some teats and some milk and some other groceries. And they restored right order and peace into that, that unit. Then they went next door and there was a man, old man, who was distressed about the mess. And they began to clean it up for them. Throughout the day they went, they wrote letters and they posted them. They, they cleaned up, they made beds, they sat down and had cups of coffee. They did all sorts of things. By the late afternoon, they returned to the center. They were exhausted, but they were, over, they were delighted. And when they got to David, they, said, they told him all the things that they'd done. And they said to him, David, do you know what? We hadn't lost our love. All we needed to do was find a victim. <laughs> All we need to do is start activating our love by getting involved with people. Every Sunday morning we hear testimonies and stories of people activating goodness and love from members of this congregation. That's what we were designed to do, people. God made us to be lovers. God made you to be an incredible lover. And if you want to feel and know the love of God, come into a relationship with Jesus. And I want to ask you, if you've never ever been introduced to Jesus and you've never ever made him the Lord and the Savior of your life, I invite you to do it this morning. So I wonder if you'd bow your heads and I'll pray and I'll give you an opportunity to respond. 
Father in heaven, we thank you that your love is shared abroad in our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for the way that your Holy Spirit prompts us to be able to, to do good things that we are provoked to love and goodness by your Spirit. And I pray now, Father in heaven, for people who do not know Jesus as their personal Savior. They haven't come into a relationship with Jesus as their loving Lord. And I'm asking, Father in heaven, that we will turn away from our former independent, rebellious way of living in ignorance and leaving you out of, of the equation. Lord, we turn away from that. And we ask you that you'll forgive our sins and our brokenness and our, our addictions. Forgive us for those. And we ask you for you to come into our lives. Come into our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit and awaken love within us. Give us your mind and your attitude. Help us to be able to live for you, Lord Jesus, that you'll be glorified in us and that we'll be restored to become great lovers in Jesus' name. Now, while our heads are bowed, if there's anybody who prayed that prayer who would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior would you catch my interest would you wave your hand would you look up catch my uh, my eye and will you agree to will you agree with me that you're making a fresh start looking across the back to my left just wave out Catch my eye, catch my attention. Well, I trust that we can assume that all of us here have made Jesus our Lord and our Savior. Let's go out now into our world. Let's activate our love and our goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Wonderful, yes, let's put our hands together. Thank you, Pastor Rex, for a wonderful message, inspirational to activate the love of God. Well, church, I've got a, a special announcement uh, to share with you, a family announcement. Some of you would have seen in the media over the last couple of days about a serious assault that happened in our car park. And I spoke with a detective who was leading the investigation I just wanted to report it to you and invite you to stand with me so we can pray. So the woman that was assaulted, she um, is receiving medical care and is responding well to treatment. So we praise God for good news there. They have uh, positive leads on the offender. And um, the police wanted to thank the church, particularly um, Owen and Alan and Gloria, for their wonderful help and support. They said they go to a number of um, places and they find people very uncooperative. But in this case, they found the church staff extremely cooperative. Um, there's no threat to the public, and it involves no one in our church family, so that's good news. So um, the church, uh, through the police, is going to give this woman a lovely bouquet of uh, flowers to bless her. And the elders gathered last night, um, or early um, evening, and prayed around our facility, um, seeking God's protection. So church, I'd like to invite you to stand with me as we pray for this woman pray that the love of God would touch her and uh, that she would be ministered with God's peace. So Father, we thank you that, Lord, we can come before your throne of grace 
And uh, Father, we lift this woman before you. Lord, we don't know her name. We don't know her circumstance. But Lord, we lift her before you. And Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we command and speak healing into her body. Father, Lord, not only would the physical pain, but the emotional pain would leave. And that, Lord, you would completely heal and restore her and her family, I pray. Lord, for the offender, Lord, we don't know the circumstance around him, but we pray that, Lord, justice will be served. But, Father, much greater will your salvation be showered upon him. That, Lord, there'd be restoration. Lord, there would be peace and wholeness. And, Father, for this place, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for your covering. We thank you for your grace upon us all. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, wonderful. Well, church, we're going to leave with a song. Wouldn't that be good, Owen? Why don't we do that? As we go, can I encourage you to be purposed in your giving? We have giving stations in the foyer. Take time to have coffee and a little bit to eat. And uh, encourage you to come out this evening. We have... Uh, Peter Hyde is going to be speaking. So come out 6 p.m. Remember, next week, Father's Day service, what time are we gathering?